Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a well-rounded, happy, goal-crushing athlete. Every week, myself, sports journalist Molly Herford, and cycling coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford interview experts and chat through all of your training questions. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, how's it going? It's going well. Yeah, I am accumulating a TSS points. Oh, oh, we're trying to good use of the vocabulary for today's episode. Get it out there. Uh, Actually, as we were uh, prepping for this, I started realizing I have no idea what my TSS would be because it's been so long since I've had my training, like going into a training peaks or something that actually like calculates that. That's right. Because I work primarily, I just work in a Google sheet with my coach and we go back and forth that way. So I've, I've really just kind of put all of that stuff in his hands and out of my head and for sure and that's i often bring this back when we're having these questions of technology that there's a whole subset of athletes who do very well and you know they focus on maybe a bit of hours or mileage you know sort of these old school you know stopwatch type metrics and yeah it's it, it you, we have to keep remembering especially as cyclists i think that some there's a lot of people out there who do really well without any of this data well and not only that i think there is the like leaning into just trusting your your coach if you do work with someone sure uh which i mean is is not just a shout out to my excellent coach it's also i mean you are also an excellent coach uh and i think you know a lot of people get a little stressed when they start seeing the scores especially you know as the scores go up and down depending on if you're in a rest week or an off season or you know any of that stuff um, but I think it's it's that whole you just kind of have to trust the plan and trust that it's going like that there is a plan that's going to work over time is is a really big thing. Um, yeah, so I just kind of I was pondering that as I was getting into that. I'm actually working on an article though for Canadian Cycling Magazine for like a few months from now that's all about the idea of the quantified athlete as someone who is very not into that stuff. I'm very curious to learn like how much can I actually improve as an athlete if I'm looking at all of the different right. quantifiables, yeah. all the numbers. Yeah, if you manage everything, maybe it all uh you know, all what is the saying that what matters what, measure what matters or what what gets measured gets managed? I guess, yeah. So I, I think you'll find that probably it's too much, but oh, it's definitely going to be yeah. too much. It's going to yeah. be a really interesting experiment, though. I've already kind of started with using some wearables, but we're adding in some stuff, and I've done some blood work and some interesting stuff coming down the pipes, and I'll keep everyone posted on that. But the article is going to be, I think, fascinating because I do think we do fall into these like we love a number, and I think that's like why today's conversation is so important is we really like really rest our hang our hats on numbers and it it could be weekly mileage like for me that's probably the number that i most closely associate mm-hmm. to yeah it but, was a good week if it was higher exactly sure. but the number like that mileage i guess maybe this is a very simple example for someone who's new to tss before we get into super definitions here with weekly mileage it doesn't really account for if I've done a lot of elevation or if I've been on really technical trails versus just running, you know, in Florida on a flat road. Mm-hmm. So when we were in Acala, Florida, my mileage was pretty high because it was pretty flat. Um, but, you know, now that we're in Brevard, it's, right. you know, my, my time is, is, t- yeah, is taking y- me a little really longer. You don't really know. It's mathematical versus physiological or, you know, it doesn't really address like a complex system, which is what, you know, a human and certainly training is. There's, there's all sorts of different factors that go into that black box and then you know how you come out of that black box at your group ride or your race or your event or your challenge or whatever you're getting ready for 
it, it's a little unknown. This is, you know, they say the art of coaching. And, yeah. And so the mathematical models, any model is, I think, useful, but there's also many cliche sayings about models, right? Like they're all wrong. You're just trying to find one that's you know, a little less wrong or something to that effect. Yeah. So let's maybe just start by giving kind of the quick definition of fitness score and and or TSS. For sure. And I mean, before we even do that, I think just Today, you know, what we're, we're saying, we titled this, I think, TSS, What Is It Good For? I really wanted to use that song. Well, yes. Um, and maybe, maybe I'll insert it's about it in. war, but... yeah, okay. Yeah, well, everyone can hum that to themselves. We don't, yeah. ha- we don't have the rights to the song, so there you <laughs> Sorry. go. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to try and give you some ideas of how you could use this. But remember, they're models, they're tools. We should have many different mental models or models for training. You know, clients will know I love my inverted U and our Greg Lehman cup, which might come into today as well. Uh, you know, the stress cup. So all that this is, is, is just a model of, of training load. Uh, and I think that's where we start with this whole TSS system, which there's a bunch of different acronyms and, and whatnot as we go into it. We'll try and keep it very brief and simple. And, and we'll put lots of links for all these if you want to you know, really go in and really understand this more. We'll try and put some of my favorite links and a couple of our articles as we go through. So... We'll start with TSS. I'm going to read these from the Training Peak site. You know, a lot of these come from Andy Kogan and, and some of the people associated with Training Peaks. Now, does TSS exist outside of Training Peaks, or is this very specific? Yeah, again, to- it's load, and it's all based on the Bannister model way bad. And some people may remember from like tri- their, their their triathlon days using maybe Trimps, which is like another. It's a heart rate based way to sort of say we have intensity, so our heart rate, and then we have a volume, which is our time, and then that's a load intensity times volume equals load uh and and we're tracking this over time and so we get a sense of what is our our rolling load and so that's all tss is so yes you'll you'll see it you know it's in strava it's in i I assume zwift has something like this as well a lot of these places will have essentially the exact same thing but there is a proprietary you know all these tss will always have a a little uh trademark or copyright beside it here what is this it's, it's a restricted the r the little r in the circle beside tss as i'm on this training peaks thing so there is work done by andy kogan and and associates uh to to develop this and you know th- there's certainly debates whether we want to use it or not uh certainly the physiology crew really doesn't like tss uh and they have their own system that they prefer that is more mathematical so why don't they like it I, we don't need to get into that. That's oh, okay. like, they, they don't think it's as accurate. Um, they really like the testing model for the uh, critical power, the CP and, and what uh, W prime. Um, but, you know, they're going to argue back and forth. And, and the reality is this is sort of one of those things where all the softwares use it and it's in front of all your consumers. Um, whereas the other one, you know, a physiologist in a lab can use this other model. But I think for the lay person, they're, they're, pretty similar in a lot of ways um and this just gets back to the different the many different thresholds so since it's in all the softwares and the question comes up it's two of our most popular posts and certainly the big search term that folks come to us is about sort of tss uh what does it mean what is a high one so we'll get the definition do you have any thoughts before i do nope hit us with the definition miriam webster's dictionary (laughs) defines tss so tss uh your threshold is used to calculate TSS or, or training stress score, which quantifies overall stress for each session that you do. So this is can be done for any endurance sport, um, anything with a time and an intensity, something you can somehow track the intensity. So that could be heart rate, could be run pace. Uh, it, it's really based off of wattage with cycling, but they've extended it. Um, 
But if your yeah. threshold isn't recorded properly, then your TSS score is going to be funky. Right. Yeah. And we'll get there. Uh, since your threshold is closely associated with a max effort for 60 minutes, they award 100 TSS points for one hour max effort. So if you did you know, something like a 40 kilometer time trial or just a one hour time TT, that would be about that that training stress or sorry, that uh, threshold that we use. I, I actually want to like say I don't like the word award those points because I think that actually gets into the, the negatives of TSS actually right. is this idea that more like more points being awarded a certain number of points is better well but we'll get go. into that uh and, and so clearly there so the 100 in an hour is sort of like that's like a pretty common thing um so if you're just riding you know some of the things is you know is it set correctly is if you're just riding easy and you're getting 100 which you'll often see someone come and they say that you know their uh fitness score which we'll get to in a second is is like 200 or 150 and it's like every time they do anything you know running is bad for this as well the threshold will be set too low so they'll be getting a awarded a lot of points uh but their threshold's too low so they need to make it accurate so that they're getting an accurate number so again that around 100 an hour for a, a like very hard effort like a time trial or you could go ride for say two and a half hours at an endurance pace and that might be around 100 or you know 110 pops up a lot uh i find at least uh, something between 100 and 150 for sort of a three hour endurance ride um so there you go so that's hopefully that makes sense so that's tss it's just taking those two numbers and putting them together to get a score for the day that's what I was going to ask is, so that's just for the day. Now, is there like a rolling TSS for the week, for the month, for the year? Yeah, like exactly. So then we have fitness score, which I would call CTL or chronic training load. And this is, you know, our, our chronic. So they say six weeks, which is adjustable. But for most people in the world, they just keep it at 42 days or, or, or six weeks. And this is your chronic training load. We've had podcasts in the past with Greg Lehman talking about the acute chronic ratio and injury. So you go and injure your knee somehow and they'll look at, you know, there's this theory uh, similar to this one, this framework that if you do too much too soon, then your acute chronic ratio is off. So with TSS, we can average a rolling weighted average. Uh, is is your fitness score and that's just six weeks so if we just stop there for a second and just think about what it is because sometimes there's a misunderstanding about what this is and what this means so if you haven't ever trained then the rolling average for six weeks is zero now if you start training today then you're going to see it bump up the average will probably be you know the six week ctl fitness score it'll be i don't know one or two or something right because there's six weeks of zeros <laughs> but you now have one day and then as you train for six weeks you'll, you'll see it'll be like linear improvement right and that probably will actually model what happens you'll probably feel better and and be effectively fitter every day for those six weeks and then you know another six weeks into that you'll actually start stabilizing somewhere because that rolling average will reflect your average day does that make sense yes okay hopefully that's concise so you need to populate the data pool with hopefully accurate data by training for probably 12 weeks and this is what we might call a base phase so hopefully this mathematical model is starting to click a little bit in your head that oh so if i train for like 12 weeks then like the model will have data in it and then whatever that number is sort of reflects your average training day keep in mind it's an average um but and I can see I can see how this gets really tricky for people, especially people who, again, hang their hat on that number, because you do have, you know, a rest week or a, a 
you know, off season right. or like even just a low month where you have a lot of stuff going on, or it is like your off season month. So you're doing stuff that's maybe even you're not even recording in gasp training peaks. Um, now suddenly that CTL drops and I can see how that would be like a bit of a like clutch or a panic. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is where the model. So I love there's, this is in our post called one training metric to rule them all or DW's pants. So this is where we get obsessed. Like DW, our small miniature dachshund wiener dog. He loves pants. Uh, really loves pants and we've discovered that it's partially because i keep treats in the pant pockets of my so he also loves treats so he just lets out this guttural like golem i was about to try to get him to do know, it anyone who knows lord of the rings and he just changes to like a different person just like Gollum and smeagol in lord of the rings he's just suddenly not this cute little i don't know if if was is smeagol the, the nice one or smeagol's the nice one okay. Gollum's the mean yeah, one he I goes from smeagol to Gollum. like his whole body tenses up it's the <laughs> right. it's a whole thing so if we get obsessive about it you can see how this model would make us do weird things so if it's an average and we have this six week average and if i take an off day that's a zero so zeros aren't good in averages. Oh no! Right. So it's going to drop, and then if you if you were to take an off week, oh no! Oh, now no, you're not oh, building no. or even likely maintaining that. So now you know you're going to see a leveling off in that that uh, performance manager chart, which is where they put this TSS in in Training Peaks. Actually, uh, that was a question I had. There is where can you find this number right. if you've never gone to Training sure. Peaks and looked at it? So I think it's in Strava. Most people, a lot of people have Strava. So there's a under training menu, there is a fitness and freshness right at the bottom. So that would be where you find that. And you can turn the fatigue and form, which are the other two numbers on. So that's performance manager chart there. In Training Peaks, you'd go under the dashboard, which is along the top. And you do need to have premium with Training Peaks. To you, if you don't have a premium account, then you probably they've actually you do, don't even see it, which which might be a gift. Uh, actually, <laughs> that was my next question: is should you look if you've never looked at it before? I mean, we're having this very academic discussion of it, but I guess like my my big question is like, if you've never really worried about it before. Should you worry about it? Or are there better things well, to look at? You know, this is that you want to keep it simple, right? And then when it seems like you're not making progress, then this might be a time to, uh, you know, complicate things a little bit, maybe, right? And, and what I mean by that is even just it might be worth, you know, if you're just tracking the data and say training peaks in, it's basic, all that data is there. So you could, you know, I can see it if, if we do a phone consult, which was our, our sponsor for today is our, our consummate athlete phone and, and Zoom, you know, video consults. And this is something I often do is we'll pull up your training peaks. I can see your full dashboard and we can look at this, make sure everything's set properly. We can backdate it if it wasn't set, if you didn't have your thresholds updated and we can look at it and we can say, oh, no, you haven't been. You know, and this is often the case, you know, you took two weeks off. This is our classic Leadville client um, and, and go from there. So. We've got an ad within a digression here. So do you want to pull it back? Uh, um, I do. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so we're at Goodhart's Law is where I had us here. Um, so when we have, we're back to this idea of, you said it motivates weird training. Uh, so we'll, we'll pull back to there. So Goodhart's Law is when a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a good measure. So what, what we like about training stress score is that it gives us an idea of what your average day has been for the last six weeks. And we can certainly pay attention to that number. We'll talk about that in, in the benefits of it. But I don't think you should be out there every day trying to like match or beat a TSS. I think you should think about how long is this workout supposed to be, planned to be, how much do I want it to be? 
And what am I supposed to be doing today? Is it a low intensity? Is today the focused interval day? You know, what is the goal of today? Is today just a strength training day? And do that. So we, we're thinking, I, I really like to divide them out rather than making this one metric to rule them all. When we're doing, you know, at the, at the athlete level, we think, how long is today supposed to be? What is the focus or the quality? So it, quantity, quality, and just think about that on the day-to-day level and then let the the result, whether that's in the TSS score or your actual like, you know, race performance, ride performance, uh, dictate it from there. I like that. I think my only point I wanted to make about the where do you find it in training peaks is if you're someone who isn't who's, you know, recently started training and isn't necessarily recording anything into training peaks yet, honestly, like set up your Garmin or whatever to just automatically populate your training peaks because that way if down the road you do want to look at this stuff, you'll actually be able to see this backlog of data. So I think a lot of people tend to not go into training peaks until they're working with a coach or until they're using mm-hmm. a training plan, but it's literally two clicks. And this isn't an ad, but we'll put no. the link in there too. The, the account is free, the, the basic account, and it is it is a great place to keep data versus only in Strava. Uh, Garmin Connect's not bad. Uh, but training peaks is pretty good because the data is a little easier to work with and export. And, and so I think, you know, when young athletes come, I'll often just try and get, you know, if, if they're not, you know, if they're collecting a little bit of stuff and it's all going to Strava or something like that, it's just very hard to get the data out if they ever want to get it or get help. So sometimes it is nice to just even let it accumulate there and all these things now do it automated. So exactly. So yeah, yeah. even if you haven't ever used it before just call this your your PSA to just start because down the road you may actually want to access that data. So there's that. Okay, uh, so let's talk limitations of kind of the issues with TSS. And we talked about this as we were trying to figure out exactly where we wanted to go in this episode. So one thing with TSS is it's not that you can artificially inflate it, but you kind of can artificially inflate it. And by that, I mean, you know, say you had an interval workout, but you don't want to do the interval workout. You could just pedal away very easily on your trainer for a long period of time mm-hmm. and end up with a higher TSS than you would have if you'd actually done, say, like the 60 minute workout that had some intensity. So if I just sit on my trainer while I'm like, you know, scrolling my phone and just pedaling away at like a very easy sure. level for like five hours. Sure. Yeah, which seems extreme, but there's definitely those folks out there. And you might not choose instead. Like I've been those folks, just to right. be clear. That you might not even choose that instead, but you might be that might be the plan you design for yourself. You're a self coached athlete and you you only want to push uh your fitness score up. And so yeah, you just decide you're going to ride 25 hours a week on the trainer, as you say, sitting upright on your phone. And and I always say, if there was another athlete who was going outside, you know, fat biking, doing some strength, doing some intervals, doing one long ride a week, and then we're going to put them both on a mountain bike start line, like who would you bet on, right? The, The other person's been sitting there bored out of their mind, not talking to people, not going outside, you know, when we think about that environment, right? Or, or the quality, just think about the quality of the training, not, not in that quality, good, bad, but quality as in like what makes up the environment. Uh, all the aspects, psychosocial, you know, all these things. Right. And especially when you are like an off-road discipline, TSS really doesn't account for any like technical work. So mountain biking, it's not really accounting for yeah. any practice you're doing on corners or bunny hopping logs or, sure. yeah. you know, any of that stuff. And I mean, it's the same with running. Right? Like, it pro, doesn't... like this even gets to so we, we, the other two things, which we won't get into today because it complicates it for most people. But there is the seven day average is that acute 
ratio. So the seven weeks, what was this week like versus the, the six before basically. And that's that what we talked about with Greg Lehman with the physiotherapy style, like how do you get injured too much too soon? Just popping in for a quick word from one of our sponsors. So today our sponsor is AG1 by Athletic Greens. And first and foremost, I just wanted to clear up any misconceptions that AG1 is only a greens powder. It's actually so much more. It is 75 micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, prebiotics, adaptogens, and of course, those greens. So it is your one-stop shop for supplements. And honestly, since we've been using it for the past year, I have... I could not be happier with it. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And honestly, it still tastes pretty darn good. I keep saying it's like a vanilla papaya kind of vibe, but uh, we'll we'll see what you think of it. Uh, Let us know what you think the flavor tastes like if you've tried it, because I've been told that my opinion is a little weird on that one. But honestly, it's one of the best things you can do for your health. It's so convenient. And bonus, it makes you drink a big glass of water in the morning, which is one of the healthiest habits that you can adopt. And right now, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, delicious tasting, little droplets, plus five free travel packs with your first purchase. And these travel packs, so good as we all kind of get back into racing season and we're on the road more, we're staying in hotels more. It just really helps make sure you have that, you know, once a day, just nutritional dose in there. And all you have to do to get that is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Molly H because consummate was a little too hard to spell. So again, athleticgreens.com backslash Molly H to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional supplement. And don't forget to let me know what you think it tastes like. All right, back to the show. So Dan Pruel had, uh, you know, sort of, I, I guess I was aware of it, but I always think about him with this is, you know, we're, we're talking about this as, as a form of, of fatigue. You know, this is our fitness. But when you think about an off-road discipline, especially mountain biking, there's obviously upper body demands. There's also, you know, vibrational fatigue, which we don't even really understand this, I don't think right now. But uh, there's just this element that like your body is vibrating, you know, maybe we would think about those. What were those platforms where people were like, getting oh, fitness? yes, it, Ooh, or the shake weight, the shake yeah, weight's a better yeah, example. I guess it's sort of like a shake weight. Uh, so there's obviously something there and that just isn't going to be captured. If you go down a downhill, especially if we're thinking about a power derived TSS score, it, it's going to be reading essentially zero the entire downhill, but you could, your heart rate could be really up. Your lactate, Jeff Kabush just did a post about the old school. We used to take lactates at the bottom of descents to see, you know, were you recovering or, or was, but the lactates would be higher when some people were like, if you're going enduro styles as hard as you can down descent, you actually produce a ton of lactate. Or if you're just me and you're really bad at descents and you're terrified sure. the yeah, entire no, time. The people who are, you know, so this is the thing is how, so Molly goes mountain biking and she always tells me that oh, it wasn't a good workout. I could barely like push my heart rate up, but you might actually have been so stressed in all senses of the oh, word yeah. stress. <laughs> you know, your grip strength, you just blew through all your forearm strength, you know, so there's all these factors that aren't necessarily captured. The other question that comes up is weightlifting, you know, how do people will try and capture this? And I I don't think it's a bad solution to do heart rate during the weight session, but it's just not going to capture. If you pull one heavy deadlift, I have been messed up for like a week after one, you know, PB sort of pull on a deadlift because it took all the resources of your body to pull this thing off the ground. Well, it's actually funny. I just was writing up uh, using the aura ring as a wearable. And I said the one thing that's weird is it can catch when we're walking. It can catch when I'm running. It never catches like my morning core. And it doesn't catch even my like everyday strength, which I do like twice a week. Right. And it's 
it's enough. Like I'm so that not, could just, but all it knows is heart rate, really, right? Which means my heart rate just really isn't kicking way up mm-hmm. during. It, it's this. a muscular workout. It's not a cardiovascular as much, right? I think there's, you know, that's a whole other topic about cardiovascular benefit of strength training. But that these are limitations when we're trying to track your average day. Now you start making decisions. Well, I don't do strength training. I'm only going to ride my bike with wattage. You know, so maybe you don't ride your mountain bike or something because it doesn't have wattage. Um, there's just you know, th- these are limitations. These are known limitations of the model. And so we just need to be careful how we make decisions uh, because they might not be decisions that reflect your goal or, or improving your fitness for the task. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we always say, that, you know, fitness for the task versus I think about this threshold and TSS, like they're sort of just interesting other metrics we might look at I, I try and say threshold is a setting especially for our indoor crowd we think about that as the setting like the difficulty setting you're not putting it at 500 you're not a tour de france rider put it at the appropriate resistance setting just like you would in spin class where there's the little knob and you put it on a, a three or something right you don't put it on 10 right right um so that's that's how we think about it so perfect restrictions okay. or i think that is that enough limitations I think so, yeah like, let's talk let's talk use cases now yeah. so like we've, well, made, we've now awesome kind of- things positive things yeah, so we've made it sound really bad, but it actually has like a lot of really good use cases. Sure. So do you want to talk about past year performance, like year over year? So, so again, let's make sure you have your threshold set accurately in your devices, in your Zwifts, in your training peaks. This and remember is, that this changes over time. And I think generally it's going to be lower than you think. If you haven't tested, then this is, it is tough to do. Uh, you know, if you're someone who really doesn't like testing, I would say just you should be towards like the middle or bottom if you're doing a workout of, of whoever made, you know, these online sort of workouts. You don't want to be, you know, if you can't finish the workout, your threshold setting again with, with big asterisks on both sides is too high. So that's a good sign it's too high. The other thing is a lot of people actually have a good sense if they understand power and they had to bet me $10,000 that you were going to finish a one hour time trial at a set power. Most people are pretty good at at honing in on what that number is is reasonably going to be. Um, So we could do that. Uh, that way but the best way is to do either a 20 minute or a 60 minute or a 30 minute or something like that and just sort of like estimating it off of that uh, that information's on the internet uh, most people do something like a 20 or or you know there's other ways to do it so we have the threshold setting and then what are we going to do with it is your question yes okay so i think if it's set correctly in your device i love having it on my device as like a summary screen again i don't look at it that often but the other day i was out for a five-hour ride and I was just, you know, you're looking for motivation. You're like, oh, wow, I'm like closing in on 200 TSS points for today. I haven't been over 200 in <laughs> three years, probably. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, that's a good like motivator because I sort of want to go home. And okay, okay, let's see if I can get that. You know, I'm going to stay on the gas. You know, sometimes towards the end of the ride, you start dropping off. Um, yeah, so it just was like a motivator. And for my clients who are what we call frequency limited, they're maybe under 30 TSS points. Uh, they don't train most days of the week. For them, you know, I try and say, if you can just get more, this maybe isn't intuitive, but if you can get more than that that fitness score, so if your fitness score is 29 and you get a ride that's 36 during the week, that's good. That's like bumping up the average a little bit over time. You know, it's more than what you're used to. Right, so, so, so it can I be a really good workout motivator. It can be, yeah. And just, you know, those clients are often the ones who, you know, will get off at, at 30 or they're busy, you know, but often they can actually ride like 30 doesn't take that long to do especially when we're not as fit um you know it it happens pretty quick um i shouldn't say it happens it happens the same speed but it's not a huge deal to do it it's mostly time to do it 
Um, so they might write for 45 instead of 30. And again, now they're starting to see over time, these decisions make fitness go better. So I do think it can be a great motivator for those folks as well. To be clear, should not be 200 every day. No, 200 is a big deal. Yeah, for sure. But I, yeah, it's it just, it's a big deal. For just anyone. wanted to put yeah, that it's, out It's there. a lot of time, right? And that's what sometimes gets missed is uh, the biggest driver of it is time that was your example is like probably the best way to do it the only way to do it is to ride for a long time at some point right you can't do an hour time trial twice <laughs> like it's it's gonna fall apart and then tomorrow you can't train and this is the the problem with a six-week average is you still have to be here in six weeks uh and be motivated right it doesn't really mean anything if you if you don't train after those six weeks though then that was not effective so on that topic, you know, that acute chronic ratio is helpful. So it is knowing uh, in, in, in this model, this performance uh, manager chart, you can see, yes, the fitness score building, but you can also see how that pink line, which it's usually pink, the fitness score, the seven week, how that compares. And if, if this week you've been doing all these 200 TSS rides and you're a 30 TSS person, you're going to see the form, which is usually yellow. Uh, it, it mirrors the the weekly average and it's a good indicator. I really like watching that one to see how hard is someone suddenly pushing this weekend. So it, that'll go negative 20, negative 30, negative 40. If someone goes away on a camp, sometimes you'll see these people down in like negative 100, which is all just random numbers. But what it's saying is this week, you're training a lot more than the six weeks before, which could be okay. But this is what we debated with Greg Lehman is whether that matters and when it matters and what is the number and and typically you see negative 20 to negative 40 for that form as a good area for loading like you're training a bit more this week but not a lot more this week than you have been for the six weeks before and that helps build that fitness score on a nice gradual uh build versus it's spiking super you know upright if you did like three days of just massive massive rides right and we do have a we'll link to it in the show notes we did do a podcast i think last summer about sort of that training camp idea and mm -hmm. just sort of mm -hmm. how to approach it in a way that's effective and you know we're, we're definitely not saying don't ever do those no but just... what it does so state on this though right is that you then could say before a training camp i'm not going to not train to save my legs for the training camp i actually need to be fitter i need my six-week average if we're going to talk about this mathematically to be higher so that when i go to the training camp it's not a survival camp that you won't train after or you'll be possibly injured after we want to be up so if i know that we're going to do five hour rides you know five of the days of the week and we'll take two days off while we're away on training camp so that's you know that's a lot so you can figure out what that might be I would just do it with hours, really. Like you, they probably you want to be close to at least fifty percent of that. So maybe you say it with hours, that's what twelve. You probably right, want right. to hit a twelve, thirteen hour week before you go to training camp. Maybe a few of those even. Um, and then again, there could be TSS numbers uh, attached to that. Right, and I think the the other you know use case for a TSS score is the ability to look back on years past. Exactly. So if you have either a great season or even a terrible season uh i think it is all interesting or, or information. A pandemic seasons yeah <laughs> you know? yeah so yeah I, i'll try not belabor this but if you're someone like you know myself i have a bunch of athletes who have just years so i always go back to like 2011 because it's one one and and, and I, it's easy to search but you can look back and they'll have these little mountains of fitness score of, of ctl where they started training say in november december january 
and they start building their six week average and then they get towards, you know, June, July, whenever it depends on the athlete. If they're more elite level and they've been at camps, it might be in March where we see that peak in their mountain and then they'll start racing and it'll be flat, if not descending through till the fall, or, or maybe they have like another little bill, uh, base period where they accumulate again, but we'll see those mountains every year and you'll be able to predict, you know, someone's mountains. Um, and so what that helps us do is say, if I want to be in similar form to myself when I did Leadville in 2011, then I know I need to get to about 120 CTL, which I do not have the time to do that. That means, you know, you're training probably an average of maybe 16 hours a week. Um, if we use that sort of 50 per hour as sort of a rough of average, and that's probably how much I was training. I was probably a lot of 20 hour, 18 hour. And then again, as Molly said, like an off week with 10. So what this lets us do is compare to our past selves, not in a, in a negative way, but in a, what, what, how high, how much did I train last year when I did this event? And you might set a goal to say, if you got to 60, 70, a lot of my clients will get to like, say a 60 or 70. Maybe this is like the big bucket list year. And you actually will try and push to like 10% more than that, like a, an 80. Right. Um, and again, just one more caution on that, though, you know, that Leadville year, for example, it the TSS doesn't take into account how much time you spent on the mountain bike or climbing or any of that stuff that's very <laughs> no, important to, to the back. race. Yeah, yeah. Or the altitude tent that you slept in that uh, you definitely couldn't anymore without, you know, <laughs> well, risking divorce. Well, I mean, probably it would have been better without the altitude tent. But the... Yeah, or the age, right? So this is when I say you can't look back at it in a weird negative way. And probably you want to focus on the like last couple of years is, is the more sane way to do that. But it, it depends on the scenario. Mm-hmm. But sometimes this also lets us see someone comes to me and they say, I don't understand why I'm not doing as well. And this is, you know, again, even if we just looked at ours, well, you trained, you know, the two tw- 2020 is a classic. There was a lot of people who were off work and had a lot of time to train and they, that was they were their, their highest 20 minute power their best group ride was in 2020 and this is not true of everyone but you know you look back and why is it not now well now you're not training as much you know and so sometimes this this average six weeks if we just take it as like evidence of you know uh, your your intensity your volume your consistency there's a great article jim vance wrote for training peaks is just it's really just telling you are you being consistent right because if there's big chunks where you have to take a week off for injury or something then you have a pretty good sense that someone you know has been off for whatever reason and they're not being consistent and we know consistency is a big deal with training Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, you're mentioning comparing to your past self there's also the don't compare your tss to your friend's tss it's just totally different it's apples and oranges no different training plans too many variables yeah like it's just this big soup of stuff so i think you know could you talk to your friend about how much they train i guess you could again you have to be careful because you're a different complex organism with different complex goals uh you know so you you do want to be careful but i I wouldn't say tss because they have a different threshold and they've probably calculated it different with a different power meter in a different scenario you know do they test it outside versus you're inside so it, it can, you know, it's like one of those things, it's, it's as weird as comparing your heart rate to someone else. Like mm-hmm. you have a completely different heart and lungs and everything else uh, and brain, let alone your brain. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. I just wouldn't really. Now, could you bucket someone uh, in terms of like, I, I do bucket people, right? Where it's if you're under 30 TSS, if you're 30 to 70 TSS, or if you're sort of in that like 80, 90, 100 plus, these are different athletes. And you could probably make some assessments that, you know, someone with 100 uh, and a hundred for a long time is going to be different than someone who's like a 30. 
uh, right. you know, cause, and why? Well, because this person trains for, you know, twice a week, three times a week versus the person that trains six days a week. You know, it just, I don't think this is, <laughs> you know, but can you say two people with a hundred, you, if you just told me two people have a hundred and they're going to go race, you, you know, nothing about them, mm-hmm. right? It might be an okay race, but it might be nothing, right? Like it, it just, you don't know. Yeah. Okay. Real quick, rapid fire. What should my TSS be? Well, that was, we have that, <laughs> we have that post and it's one of our great posts. I think it's uh, really most clients because we know this is the average, your average day. It, it's, you know, you record it for six weeks and then you'll be able to see about where it is. And, and then you can ask the question of, can I change anything in my training as far as, you know, can I get it on that long ride? And that's most of my clients. If, if you're under 30, you need to train more frequently and that's going to be the best way to get better. Hopefully you can do it. You may tell me you don't have more days free, but I say even 10 or 20 minutes there helps. Um, Some of these clients even will record walking. Any endurance sport can be recorded. So frequency, if you're under 30, this can be a good, like frequency is the goal here because you're probably not training every day or you only train 10 minutes a day every day um the next people up 30 to 70 ish again 70 it's it's foggy at the top but uh these people it's the long ride maybe a uh, maybe a wednesday 90 minute ride and then on the weekend trying to get one or two longer rides they're volume limited again this will drive up they're riding longer so it's going to drive that average up And, and again on the quality piece they're riding more endurance that'll be beneficial once you get up into that 80 ish and this is speaking to working class people this is not elites that's where this is where you're threading the needle especially when you're working and so i don't see people going most of the nine to five you know the 40 hour a week the people with kids it's 30 to 70 maybe in that leadville bucket list year we get there for a week or two you know in the build-up to that big race i think that's possible but they don't stay there every year which i guess is like a big Asterix here we need to understand is that the fitness score you don't maintain it year round that that's called a plateau that's not a peak that's a plateau so we want to be careful with that 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 fitness score we can't drive it up and we shouldn't year round right so just don't be attached to that fitness score staying in this range or in this mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. over 70 or over 80 or over 30 right. like yeah. whatever just don't be as attached to that right and so that question you asked you know what should it be it's very difficult because it depends on who you are what are you trying to do and what time of the year are you in if you're in an accumulation phase then it should be gradually building and, and you need to figure out ways to increase basically the time you're training if you can um, which all comes around to if you're trying to figure out what, what your numbers should be or what you want it to be or what you should be goaling for, consider booking a call. Did you say goaling for? Goaling for, yeah. Goaling for, I we did. should run with that. I like it. Um, okay, so yeah, all of that said, hopefully that kind of demystifies TSS a little bit for you. Uh, hopefully it gives you a little bit of food for thought. Hopefully it calms you down a little bit. And like we said, uh, definitely if you're interested in kind of looking at your own training and kind of figuring out where you want to go, you can feel free to book a consult. Peter does a bunch of these every week and it's always you know, really interesting and it's cool hearing from all of you and getting to see what everyone's goals actually are. So with that said, thanks so much for tuning in. I'll keep those questions coming. Hit us up on Instagram at Consummate Athlete or head over to the contact form at consummateathlete.com. You can grab the show notes there as well and have a great rest of your week. Happy training. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Consummate Athlete podcast. If you want to hear more training, racing, and endurance sport advice, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at consummateathlete.com for a weekly dose of inspiration and advice straight to your inbox.